Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Psalm 119 and verse 49. In the Amplified Version, it says this. It says, remember fervently the word and promise to your servant. Remember the word that he has given you. Remember the word that he has given you. This is a personal word to you. In which you have caused me to hope. Remember the word that you have given me. That it causes me to hope. And I know there are words that have been given to many of you out there, if not all of you. And the Lord is saying this morning, remember those words. I am faithful. I am good. It will come to pass the word that I have spoken to you. So let your hope be in me, says the Lord. Remember my promises that I have given you. The next verse says, So this is my comfort and consolation in my affliction, that your word has revived me. Your word has revived me and has given me life. Your word has revived me and given me life. And when that hope rises in us, life rises in us. And no matter what happens, we keep our eyes focused on Him. And when we keep our eyes focused on Him, we can walk on water. So don't be swayed by the winds and the waves that are around you this morning. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. For He is the living hope. He is the hope of all hope. He is the God of all gods. In Him shall we trust. In Him shall we trust. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, God. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom is full of hope. Your kingdom is full of love. Your kingdom is full of mercy. Your kingdom is full of healing. Your kingdom is full of everything that we need. This world can provide us nothing. But you, Father, provide us everything that we need. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And Lord, we pray this morning that your kingdom comes. Your will be done on this earth 
as it is in heaven. On this earth as it is in heaven. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. ask a question with every head bowed and every person's eyes closed I want to ask you today I was going to do this at the end but we're going to do it now if you need a fresh anointing of hope in your life this morning I want you to come up here I don't want you to raise your hand in the back I want you to come up here I don't want you to go another day without asking for a complete, fresh anointing of hope in your life. I'm going to ask Russ and Becky and the team to sing that song again. And as we sing it, I just want you to come up here. Submit your cares, submit your concerns to Him. And let the God of all hope, the God of all hope, bring you such peace and such joy and such victory that you will not leave here the same. You will not leave here the same. Let us worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. When our hope is in Him... His way, his path from we see point A and then we see point B and we have our way that we see, well, it could be this way, it could be that way. His way, he does not fail. He does, he cannot fail. He cannot fail. And his word cannot return void. It, once it has been spoken, it cannot go undone. It cannot go undone. Abraham was an old man. His wife was old and barren. And yet, the promise was fulfilled. He is not bound. He is not bound by our knowledge of what is possible. He can do anything out of nothing. He does not have to think hard to figure out a way. He is the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. If you need a way, it's Jesus. If you need the truth, it's Jesus. And if you need life, it's Jesus. He will not disappoint you. He will never disappoint you. He's not your earthly daddy who disappointed you. Let it go. That's not who he is. He's not your husband who will disappoint you. He's not your wife who will nag you and disappoint you. He doesn't walk that way. He's so much higher. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. His being is higher. He will not disappoint you. He cannot fail. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, step. Oh, man. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, it said this. The Lord spoke me 
this morning and said, I want you to read this. Romans 8, starting in verse 31. This is a word for each of you today. What then shall we say to these things? These things, whatever these things are, whatever these things are going on in your life, whatever they are, if God is for us, who can be against us? If our God is for us, who can be against us? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that our God is for you. Our God is with us. And He is for us, which means no matter what happens, He is for you. He is with us. And He loves you. And we thank you for that. And at the end of that chapter, it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. How? Through Him. Through Him who is on the inside of us. Through Him who what? Who loves us. He loves us. Father, we thank You. We thank You that You are for us. And we thank You, Lord, that we can and will be more than conquerors. Because of You. And because You loved us. And we thank You for all these things. We thank You that Your Holy Spirit is present this morning. We thank You that lives have been ministered to this morning. We thank You, Father, that hope is rising. And that a new revelation of Your love and your concern for us will go forth with us from this day forward. And we thank you for it. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. And in your precious, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a hand. Amen, amen, amen. Well... You guys can turn around, find your seat, take a couple extra moments if you want, since you might be further from your seat than you thought, and say hello to someone. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Man, I am doing good. I'm actually doing a lot better now than I was at 9.58 when I finally got to my seat and we got all of our kids settled and everything. Boy, I'm doing much better now. How many are doing better right now? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, uh, so we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving, because He is so faithful in every single area of our life. And I'm just going to point out real quick, uh, if you need an offering envelope, just slip your hand up, some of the ushers uh, can serve you. When you came in uh, today, you got something along with your bulletin, it's called Generations, or it says Generation on there, and this is basically our Capital Stewardship Campaign. And I'm not going to talk about it real long here because actually interweaved within my message this morning, I want to talk about it and the importance of it and what we're really here for. And I wrote this sentence, actually my wife wrote this sentence, together we wrote it. And I want to just read it to you because I feel like this is the important thing that you need to take away. We feel strongly 
that his passion for this church, Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam's passion for this church and its mission must not be overshadowed by his present fight, but rather that this fight should make more urgent the mission. You got that? Guys, this is, we're not slowing down. We're actually realizing, you know what, there's an enemy out there who is trying to take us out, and guess what? He's not going to do that. And we are going to continue to go forward. We're going to continue with Generations Campaign. We're going to continue to reach a million souls for Jesus Christ. That's what this church was founded on. That's what we're going to continue to do. And nothing, nothing is going to stop us from doing that. Amen. So we'll talk more about this, what this means in a little bit. Actually, I don't talk about it very much in the message. So maybe you should just read it, pray about it, think about it, you know, ask God what what, uh, he wants you to do with it, and we'll go from there. But I just have a scripture for you this morning on offering. It is from 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't given it to us. It's not from Him. It's not because of Him. It's nothing to do with Him. But what does have to do with Him? He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so this morning, I'm declaring with you guys, we will not fear over anything in our life. We are not going to fear that bill is not going to get paid. No. We're not going to fear that this relationship will never be restored. No. But there is power and love in the name of Jesus. Matthew 6, it says this. says, don't worry. Don't fear. Don't worry. What shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows all that you need. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we seek him with our finances, when we seek him with our relationships, when we seek him in every single way, every part of our life, when we seek him, guess what happens? All these things shall be added unto you. All these things. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that you know every need before we even need it. I thank you, Lord, that every need is met. Father, I thank you that we will seek you first in all things. And I pray that you just bless every gift and giver this morning. For you are the God of multiplication. You are the God of great fruit. Great fruit come when we plant seed. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can wait on the people. Amen. Oh, Lord, your praise will ever be on our lips. Ever be on our lips. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, you've already done a great work. You've already done a great work this morning. And Father, as I share this word that you have given me to share this morning, 
that we would be open to hear it. Some of what I'm going to say may not be easy to hear. But Father, that we would all take it in love and that your truth will ring true. And Father, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to skip around a little bit through the first two chapters of Acts today. Uh, And the reason why is, you know, we're starting a new series called Generations. And the subtitle is Completing the Vision. Completing the Vision. Generations, Completing the Vision. Well, what I want to tell you this morning, a little bit about what the vision is, so we know what we're going after to go complete. Is that okay? And it's interesting that the Lord had me reading through the book of Acts several times over the past couple months. I did not know why I was doing that. Obviously, I did not know that something was going to happen to Pastor Jim. I had no idea. But I truly believe the reason that I was reading through it, and I started to have discussions with Pastor Jim about the church and what it looks like, and some of the things that we are just believing, the two of us, the foundation of what the church was all about, just started to bubble up on the inside of us both. And so I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he was preparing me and us and our church for this message, for this series, because he knew it was coming. He's not surprised by anything. And he is a way maker. He is a way maker. Well, this church started a long time ago with a vision that Pastor Jim had. And when he had a fairly dramatic conversion experience, when he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he had a pretty dramatic um, experience that he, I know he shared a couple of times, actually probably a lot of times, and some of you may have heard it. Some of you may not have heard it. But basically what it was is he saw a sea of people, a sea of people, many, 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 many people, and there was a curtain, and it was a dark curtain, and it was coming down over those people. And the word that he got was, this is the fate of those who don't know me. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning I'd like to tell you there is a heaven and there is a hell. And each of us have a choice to make. God has given us free will. And we have a choice to make. And that veil that was coming down was revealing to him what is the fate of those who have not chosen Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so him and Pam, years and years later, were told by God to come to Erie, Pennsylvania. I would tell you that they did not know where Erie, Pennsylvania was. They had never been here. And the mission that God gave them was to come to Erie and to build a great church and to reach one million souls for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you this morning, we are on the way to do that. And we're going to continue to move forward with that mission and that vision, reaching a million souls for Jesus Christ. When do we get to a million? I don't know. I'm not counting. 
Because that million is a kind of a theoretical number, not a literal number. Because we're not stopping at a million. Anybody with me? We're not stopping at a million. We're going to keep on going. And we're going to continue to go and to go and to go. And until Jesus comes back, then the ultimate vision shall be completed. But until then, we're going to move forward. And so, I started reading through the book of Acts, read through it several times, and the Lord started just to impress upon me what the early church did. What did they look like? Who were they? And what better of an example that we can use to be a foundation, fundamentals of who we are as a church? And I say who we are as a church, I say that in two respects. Who we are as ECF, little church, little C, and who we are as a church, big C, the church, the the collective church, who we are. So I started to write some things down of what the church was not. The church was not inwardly focused on only self-help. The church was not a bunch of events only for fun. The church was not a bunch of rituals. The church was not a bunch of denominations. The church was not a certain color of skin. The church was not a certain political party. The church was no place for fun talks and fancy things. So what was the church? What did it look like? What did the early church look like? The church was a place that lifted up the name of Jesus. The church was a place where it allowed the Holy Spirit to transform lives. The church was a place that made disciples of every nation. The church was a place where they saw healing and miracles take place. The church was a place that took care of those who were in need. The church was a place who loved for each other and cared for each other. The church was a place that equipped those who came to church to do the work of the ministry. Over and over we see miracle after miracle happen, not in the church, but outside of the church. Peter and John were walking and they saw the guy who who was begging for alms and wanting money and they, they weren't even at the church yet. They were walking to the church. You see, the church, we think of it as these four walls. This is not the church. This is not the church. The actual word for the church, and I'm not going to attempt to say it, but the Greek word that it means is his people on this earth. Yeah, it is his people on this earth. That is what the church is. It is not these four walls. It is not a denomination. It's his people on this earth. That is what it is. So the church loved and cared for for each other. The church is to reach people far from Jesus. It's the vision of the veil coming down. That's what we're supposed to do. It is to reach people for Jesus. You look around at this and, and around the world. We talked about hope this morning. Hope, hope. People need hope. Your coworkers need hope. Your schoolmates need hope. Everywhere you go in the grocery store, you can see the look on people. They need hope. They need hope. Who else to tell them? But you and me. Who else to love them and to care for them? But you and me. 
This is the church. We are the church. We are called to go out and make disciples. What else could the church possibly be than to share the gospel message and see lives transformed? That's what the early church did. What else could it possibly be for? Sure, we can have fun. Sure, we can have cool lights. Not so sure I want a fog machine. Okay? Sure, we can have a Twitter page and a Facebook page. But I'll tell you what, what did the early church do? When they preached the gospel message and they saw lives transformed, the entire city showed up the next day. And I don't know when Facebook and Twitter was created, but I'm pretty certain it didn't happen then. It took the people to spread the word. It took the people to say, look at what is happening. Look at what God is doing. Come see the miracles and testimonies. So what happens when the church focuses on these things? Here's what happens. The original church went from 120 people. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They went to 3,000 people. One day. One day. Just like that. One day. I didn't do a count. Maybe 120 people in here. 3,000 next week. Guys, I'm serious. God continued to add to them daily. It is not our job to toil. It is not our job to drag them and beg them and plead for them. It is our job to love them. It is our job to care for them. It is our job to be a model example of who Jesus is in our life and a reflection of God to them. That is our, that's what we have to do. So the ultimate purpose of the church and in everything that we do, I taught a little bit about this on Wednesday night, is to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That is the purpose of the church, is to bring God's kingdom, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we are reaching people for Jesus, we are letting them have transformed, victorious living lives through the Holy Spirit. Are we not bringing heaven on earth? We are. As relationships get restored, we're bringing heaven on earth. As people are becoming saved, and we're snatching people out from that veil that's coming down. No, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. You're coming with us. You're coming with my God, with my Jesus, because he saves and he's the only way. His will is that none shall perish. His will is that all are healed. His will that relationships get restored. So in summary, I saw four kind of major things that the early church did. Number one is they preached the gospel. Number two, they prayed and saw the sick healed. Number three... They were led by the Holy Spirit. And number four, they loved and cared for each other. And I just want to hit the first one this morning, that they preached the gospel. You see, each and every one of us, in our own way, as God designed you, is to share the love of Christ. And when you share that love of Christ, you are actually preaching the gospel. Because God is love. And when we're connected with God, as last week's series, when we're rooted with God, and we're planted with Him, and we are strong in Him, an overflow 
of the fruit of the Spirit comes out. What's the first one? Love. Love, joy, peace, patience. All those fruit begin to come out. And so we're actually, I know a lot of you think, well, Jason, I can't be a, you know, an open-air preacher. I can't go to my work and there's like rules against me standing up at lunchtime on my chair and opening up my Bible and starting to preach the gospel message to everybody. Okay, well then don't do that. You don't have to do that. But you know people that are in your workplace that are struggling, that are having a difficult time. Love on them. Care for them. Meet their needs. This is what the early church did. They took care of each other. And God continued to add to them daily. Add to them daily. We have to love each other. Okay, Acts chapter 1. You ready? I'm just getting into this now. Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read through a couple different verses. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to jump around just a little bit. Acts chapter 1. All that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commands to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive. Come on. Come on. He presented himself alive. So if you have any doubt that Jesus was risen from the grave, this is a firsthand witness saying that, yes, they saw him alive. Jesus, my friends, is alive. He is alive. Man. Okay, that's good. To whom he also presented alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. They saw him. He was alive. Verse 8, skipping. But you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come on, guys. How can we preach the gospel? How can we love? How can we do these things? Oh, you can't do them on your own. I can't do them on my own. I cannot even do this on my own. I can assure you that. Said before, I don't even like to talk that much. It is the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that gives us the words to say. The things to do. The places to go. We must be attuned to the Holy Spirit in our lives. So when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall then be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Guess what, guys? The Holy Spirit came. And we have it. We have access to it. If you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior of your life, it resides on the inside of you. And it gives you all that you need. All that you need to share the love of Christ with others. Every bit that you need to live victoriously. The Holy Spirit's here. I'm going to skip down a little bit. You know, Jesus then ascends into heaven to the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you that he's there. They started to pray in verse 14. These all continued in one accord. The unified church, one accord. They are praying together with supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. All of them together, they prayed. Plug for Wednesday night. Come out and pray. Acts 2, first verse. 
when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. We have access to the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning that can completely transform your life. Then the crowd responds. Some were amazed. Some thought they were drunk. Like, woo No, no. No, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them? This sign of God's power opened up the opportunity to preach. And then Peter preached. Then he preached. He said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. But here's the good news of the gospel. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Hallelujah. It is not possible. It was not possible that he could be held by death. Skip down to verse 38. Peter continues his message, continued to preach to them. He says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is to you and to your children, generations. To you and to your children, generations. And all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. They were together. They had hope. They had a love for one another. At the very end of chapter 2, and so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. You have favor with all of the people. You have favor in your workplace when you go out. You have favor in the grocery store. You have favor at the mall. You have favor at your school. Why do you have favor? So that you can show people the love of Christ. In the last verse in chapter 2, And the Lord added to the church daily who were being saved. He added daily. This is completing the vision. This is continuing forth the vision. It means loving and reaching and caring for others. Older, younger. It's a diverse group of people. It means sharing the gospel message through both words and action. Through love. This is what Generations is all about. It's the church coming together with its resources to love on people. To do the work God called us to go do. And when we love them and we care for them, And when we care for them, they see Jesus. 
And when we do this, they are open to the gospel message. And I believe many will be saved and eternity will be changed forever because of this little C church and because of the big C church. So why do we share? Because Jesus died. Jesus died for us. This is why we share. It's the veil coming down. It's, it is, it's important. It's so, so, so important. It's a matter of life and death. Each of you, I want to encourage you this morning, you must recognize that each of you is a minister of the gospel message. Whether you're a mom, toughest job, one of. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a business person, whether you're in school, no matter what you're doing, you are a minister of the gospel. Guys, I want... I, you need to understand this this morning. It is, not, it is not like you need to have some formal training. You need to be told all these different things and have this thing, one, two, three, I do this, 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 and this. You are a minister of the gospel. What happened when Jesus healed the demon-possessed guy? The guy who had like all the, all the demons on him, and he sent him into the pigs, and the pigs went flying over? He sent him back to his town to be a witness for him. He became an evangelist. Day one. Day one. He said, okay, Go. We go, all of us. We go. If we truly believe these things, then how can this not be our focus? We have to show the gospel message to those who are far from him. It's a matter of life and a matter of death. So how do we do it? How do we share that gospel message? We have to love others. We have to love others. They have to, they're all looking for hope. And when they see God's love is when they begin to see that hope that is in Him. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. You guys okay with this? Are you okay with it? Are you sure? I prayed earlier that you'd be ready for this. Okay, guys. How we show love to others happens in many forms. It happens when we walk around. It happens in how we carry ourselves. It happens in what we say. It happens in what we write. What we post on social media. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. And I challenge you, be careful what you say. Be careful what you post on social media. Be careful how you speak to someone. And be careful on how fast you're moving throughout your day. Because God puts opportunities right in front of us all the time. Opportunities with our kids, opportunities with our grandkids, with our parents, opportunities right in front of us all the time. Don't be so fast, so quick to move throughout your day. And I am learning this. I'm a fast mover. I'm always plowing through, going to the next thing, go, 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 and I have to learn just to take a step back, take a breath, and let the Holy Spirit lead. It is not our job to condemn. It is not our job to condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn. We want to live a life like Jesus. Well, guess what? Let's look at what Jesus did. 
He didn't live a life of condemnation. He met people's needs. He told us one of the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. What must the church be than to love the Lord our God and worship him and then love our neighbor? That is who we are to be. You look at Jesus' ministry, the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery. He didn't condemn either of them. He doesn't condemn, so neither should we. So what what must we do? We must show that love of Christ. A new commandment I give you in John 13. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also will love one another. And what's going to happen? By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. All will know. The gospel message will go forth through love. Through love. How do you do it personally? You share your testimony. If you believe the person's open for it, just love them. Ask them how they're doing. Care for them. Be a part of their lives. You see, the church is not in here. The church happens out there. The church's job is to equip you and empower you to help you do what? To do the works of the ministry which is out there, where you are, where God has put you already, where he's planted you, in whatever business you're at, whatever school you're at. And what will happen when that happens? The Lord will add to his kingdom daily. You know, quite honestly, I'm not concerned about this church. I'm concerned about the big church. I want to see the Holy Spirit move in the big church. And churches coming together and transforming cities, transforming towns. A couple of us, I'm going to wrap up here in a minute. A couple of us had an amazing opportunity to go to a prayer breakfast on Friday morning. And it was a bunch of churches and a bunch of businesses and a bunch of school leaders getting together and praying together for this city of Erie in which we live. And this has been a journey, ladies and gentlemen, a journey that God has been moving in this city and in this town. And it started many years ago, then there was the uh, Serve Erie, then there was Rock the Lakes, there was Convoy of Hope, there's Unified Erie, there's an article written recently about Unified Erie on how the impact it's had already. 72 people were shot the previous year, it's down to 15. There were 11 murders two years ago, three. Guys, God is moving in this city. God is moving in this town. And he is using us, the little C and the big C, collectively to move God's message forward of hope and of love and the message of the gospel. And that makes me excited. That makes me excited about generations. That makes me excited to pay off this mortgage so that we have additional funds to go reach more people for Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here, to bring his kingdom to this earth. I'm going to close with this. We need to see people water baptized. We need to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we need to see, ready? Traffic jams. I'm serious. Not just here. I'm, I believe I see one right here. You're going to say, we're going to put some kind of light out here, man. There's so many people trying to come in and out of here. But I see traffic jams at every church around Erie. And they say, man, I used to think this was rush hour when I was driving home. I can't get anywhere. 
at 10 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, as churches are coming and going, because the gospel message is going to go forth from this church and from other churches, and we're going to reach people for Jesus Christ. So believe with me for some traffic jams, will you? Can we believe for some traffic jams? Russ, do you want to come up? We're just going to close. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure? Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.